the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Today is a continuation of a nine-part series on Messiah. First we talked about his purpose, then we looked at what we believe about Yeshua. The last two weeks we talked about becoming more like him. And this is a three-part, this is part three of that teaching, so stay tuned. Let's pray first. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King. Lord, help us to desire to be more like Messiah. Help us that that would be our our goal, that, that we would push away the things of the world in order to have the things of you, Lord. So, Father, we just pray for this program, that it will be anointed of you, that it will be your words, and that people will hear you through me. So I pray that it will be a blessing. I thank you and praise you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Okay. Um, listen, if, if I, I should mention, if this radio program ministers to you, consider a gift. We can certainly use one. Uh, call Karen at 813-831-5673. Uh, certainly pray for us. Also, uh, we'd love to have you visit one of our congregations. So Tampa, St. Pete, Wesley Chapel, our Spanish congregation, Conexion. Why don't you check us out? on shoreshdavid.org, and you can see the locations. Now, today, as I mentioned, we're going to finish talking about becoming more like Messiah. I hope we're going to finish it. (laughs) Um, The first part uh, was our devotional life, consisting of prayer, worship, and God's Word. And what I said was the key to becoming more like Messiah is rooted in our devotional life. We usually cannot make significant behavioral changes until we get our devotional life correct. 
transformation is done in the spiritual realm, not by the world, not by the flesh, not by works, but by the Word of God, prayer, and worship. And one of the quotes that I had last week, I just want to read it again, because I just feel this is, in terms of the actual behavior, this is a really key uh, thought. If all you ever do is attack someone's behavior, then you're never going to be able to set them free to become who they really are. Accountability is not calling somebody out on their behavior. It is calling them up to their identity. I just love that quote. And you know, if you want uh, the uh, self-examination sheet and the various quotes from these past couple weeks, just call Karen at 813-831-5673, and she will send them out to you, email them to you, okay? Um, Look, most of our sins are a reaction to someone else and what they do. So um, we really need to understand that it's our reactions that need to be dealt with. Uh, I mentioned last week that our biblical behavior can be summarized in four broad areas. There probably are others, but these are the four I thought of. Love, humility, holiness, and thankfulness. And last week we talked about love and just started on humility, so let's go right into humility today. Um, Humility is expressing or feeling sincere regret and remorse. I'm sorry. Uh, That is actually the definition of repentance, which is part of humility. (laughs) Expressing or feeling sincere regret and remorse. Repentance is the activity of reviewing one's actions and feelings and regrets for past wrongs and the commitment to change. Now, the reason this is under humility is I don't believe we can repent unless we are humble, okay? If you live in the spirit of repentance daily, it'll be hard to be angry with others, and if you live in the spirit of repentance daily, it will be hard to get offended by others. Acts 2.38, Peter says, repent and let each of you be immersed in the name of Yeshua, Messiah Yeshua, for the removal of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. In Acts 3, it says, uh, 19 and 20, repent therefore and return, so your sins might be blotted out, so times of relief might come from the presence of Adonai, and he might send Yeshua the Messiah appointed for you. And I love Romans 2.4. It says that God's kindness leads us to repentance. Right? And 2 Peter 2.3.9, the Lord's not slow in keeping his promise, but rather he is being patient, not waiting for anyone to perish, not wanting it for anybody to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So that's a big part of humility. Another big part is forgiveness, which is the act of the will to trust God and not hold an offense, even if it is not necessarily wise, based on the history of the other person's actions. So, you know, we forgive because God said we are to forgive. So stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone. If you live in the spirit of forgiveness daily, 
it will be hard for you to get angry. If you live in the spirit of forgiveness daily, does this sound familiar? It will be hard to get offended by others. When we don't forgive, we put ourselves in bondage. You get that? When we don't forgive, we are in bondage. We're slaves to Hasatan, whose main mission is to divide people from each other. It's almost impossible to have an intimate relationship with the Lord when we are harboring unforgiveness. In Proverbs 19.11, it says, It's to your glory to overlook an offense. And we see in Matthew 6, 9 through 15, I'll just read a little part of it. For if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's from the Lord's Prayer. Ephesians 4, 30 to 32, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh of God. And then it says later on, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, quarreling, slander, along with malice. Instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God and Messiah also forgave you. And Colossians 3, 12 and 13. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. So if you can clothe yourself, it means it's possible for you to do this, right? In tender compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, if anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord pardoned you so also you must pardon others. One of the things I really like um, in, is the book Total Forgiveness. I've mentioned it a number of times. It's written by R.T. Kendall, and he writes a few things in terms of what it really means to totally forgive, and I've sort of um, edited some of what he said and changed it a little, but in general, it's number one, make the deliberate and irrevocable choice not to tell anyone what they did. Well, if you can do that, you know. That, I mean, you don't have to go on to the other things, right? This is something we need to do to forgive, not to mention what people have done to somebody else. And then, you know, two is don't ignore them. Three, be pleasant around them. Four, when speaking, say, I love this one, say that which would set them free from guilt or their fears. So do you do that to people you've forgiven? Then keep it up and pray for them, right? Okay. Look, uh, another thing under humility is the word respect. And boy, do we need that in this country now, right? But it starts with you and me. And it's regard for the feelings, wishes, rights, and traditions of others. The action of treating someone with dignity is respect, right? And they don't have to deserve respect. So often I hear people, I will respect somebody when they give me something to respect. You know, I will respect them if they act or behave well. That's not the godly response. We are to show respect unconditionally. Respect everybody. Look, respect brings civility. And don't we need that in this country? 
we have to be a model of respect. And and this is under humility because, yeah, somebody asked me, again, this past week, does this mean I have to be a doormat? Sometimes, yes. Well, I don't want to be a doormat. Well, I'm sure you should. It wasn't the first on his list either. Come on, guys. Let's be biblical. Let's be more like Yeshua. Does respect need to be earned? No, it's nice. But that's what humility is all about. We see so many scriptures on respect, whether it's honoring your father and mother, or be in Romans 12, 10, 10 tenderly devoted to one another, giving honor to one another. Um, in Romans 13, submitting to the government authorities. In First uh, Peter 2, 17, it says, honor all people. Love the brotherhood, fear God. So look, in that same phrase, you have honor the people, love the brotherhood, fear God, all in that same one, honor the king, and and so on. So respect. We've got to honor people and respect them. It's hard, but we've got to do it. Another part under humility is accountability, where we... We should justify or be able to justify our actions and our decisions. If we can find somebody to be accountable to, it's really excellent. Look, accountability is like respect. You decide to do it because it's the right thing to do. It's God's will. It's how we become more like Messiah. Accountability is important to keep pride and arrogance out of our lives. And it, it's especially important when we hear from God and when, you know, we should test the word that we think we heard from God. And that's if we don't have an accountability partner, somebody we can talk to, um, then, then we, we will just be a lone ranger. So then in, in Romans fourteen twelve, so then each one of us shall give an account to himself or to God of himself to God, excuse me. Well, look, we can talk about each one of these for a long time. Let's go to the next part of humility, which is to unify and reconcile. This is a very difficult area for people uh, because they're waiting for the other person to talk first, to call first, to do whatever first, and we are to be the ones to do that. It's the, Look, this is God's desire for us. We see it all throughout Scripture. It's the only time he's given us a ministry, right? a specific ministry, he's, right? In Colossians 1.20 it says, and through him to reconcile all things to himself self making peace through the blood of his cross of of his cross whether things on earth or things in heaven once you were alienated from god and hostile in your attitude by wicked deeds but now he has reconciled you in messiah's physical body through death in order to present you holy, spotless, and blameless in his eyes. But here, listen to Second Corinthians five eighteen through 21, because this is that ministry I was telling you about. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Messiah and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Messiah, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has entrusted the message of reconciliation to us. 
We are therefore ambassadors for Messiah, as though God were making his appeal through us. We beg you, on behalf of Messiah, be reconciled to God. He made the one who knew no sin to become a sin offering on our behalf, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And in a sense, when we are reconciled, we are giving that offering to God. Now, last one in humility is to be teachable. I won't spend a lot of time on it because it's similar to some of the others, but look, you have to be willing to have somebody else teach you. You can't do this thing alone. The pride of what we already know should not get in the way of what we need to know or experience. We need to have a teachable spirit. The reason sometimes people don't want to teach us is because we don't make it safe for them. We don't want them to teach us, and it becomes obvious. So let me go to the third category here, which is holiness. And certainly, we need to be holy. If we're going to be more like Messiah, we're going to need to um, be... You know what holiness means, holy? It means to be separated out for God's intentions. That's what it means. So that's why when we say the Sabbath is holy, we're separating that day for God's intentions. If we are going to be holy, we separate ourselves for God's intentions. We see this in Leviticus 11, 44, 45. For I am I deny your God, therefore sanctify yourselves and be holy, for I am holy. And, uh, and then it's repeated at the, uh, once again. So... We are to be holy. One of the things that we can be, uh, show our holiness is morality. God's principles that are able to distinguish between right and wrong or good and bad behavior. So, uh, look, a biblical system of values and principles of conduct that direct our behavior. That's what morality is all about. Now, let me ask you, is morality... Uh, relative to the time and the culture we're living in, or is morality established by God's word, or is it established by people? Leviticus 18.22 says you are not to lie with a man as with a woman. That is an abomination. So what does that tell you? It, has it changed in these years, or are we going to go by Scripture? Proverbs 6, 6 through 19, six things Adonai hates. Yes, seven are abominations to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that plots wicked schemes, feet that run to evil, a false witness who spouts lies, and one who stirs up strife among brothers. Okay, so are we going to be more like God, more like Yeshua? We, and, and look, if you want to read uh, the things that we need to not do in order to be moral, you want to go to Galatians five nineteen through 21, because it says there, now the deeds of the flesh are clear, sexual immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, witchcraft, hostility, strife, jealousy, rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness carousing, and things like these. And it says, I'm warning you, as I warned you before, that 
those who do such things will not inherit God's kingdom. But part of uh, being moral is also being modest, dressing uh, and behaving so as to avoid uh, impropriety or indecency, especially to um, avoid attracting the opposite sex. So this is something that we have to work on. But I'm not going to spend time on that. But I would like to spend a little time on the third aspect of morality, which is speech. Now look, the words that come out of your mouth, they do one of two things. They either bless the Lord or upset him. Right? Okay. So as an example, in Matthew 12:36, it says, "But I tell you that the day uh, that on the day of judgment, men will give account for every careless word they speak." That does not sound fun. In Proverbs 12:18, reckless speech is like the thrust of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And so on. You know, there are plenty of these. Proverbs 15, 1 and 2. Uh, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. And Proverbs eighteen twenty one. you probably know this one. Death and life are in the control of the tongue. Those who indulge in it will eat its fruit. So speech is just such an important area. And whether you go to the book of James or Timothy, uh, Ephesians, all of these uh, seem to get involved with this. So... Finally, our last category in, in becoming more like Messiah is that we are to be thankful. We are to have joy. We're to rejoice. We're to be hopeful. Because thankfulness is expressing gratitude. And this must be part of our daily walk with the Lord. Uh, what he has given us has never changed. He hasn't changed. So we have to be thankful continuously. And that's why some, some like 103, 1 through 5, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name, bless Adonai, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all of our iniquities, he heals all of our diseases, he redeems our life from the pit, he crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, he satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. I mean, don't you already feel better as you recite that kind of verse? You are thankful to the Lord. And there's so many places in Scripture we see that. And we see joy as so important. You know, James 1, 2 and 3, consider it all joy. Everybody hates that verse, right? Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance and so on. We need to learn to have joy in all situations, and we need to rejoice in all situations. An action that you can do at all times is to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. And we, there are plenty of scriptures there, as we know, Philippians 4, 4 through 8, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Last in this category is to be hopeful. 
and there's so many scriptures there. We have to confirm in our mind that, that we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose, which is Roman 8, 20, Romans 8, 28. We know Jeremiah 29, and, and, uh, and let's look at Deuteronomy 31, 6. I love this one. Chazak, being be courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble before them, for Adonai your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or abandon you, which is why we have hope. We need Hope is critical to everything we do. Well, we've reached the end of the program. It goes so quickly. But uh, call our office if you want the devotional and the quotes from that I've given out. Um, call Karen at 813-831-5673. Uh, call her also if you want to pledge a gift um, for the program. And please visit us. We'll see you next week when we talk more about Messiah. May the Lord be your first priority. May you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. And I pray in the name of Yeshua that we will really see our desire in our heart to become more like Yeshua. So, Lord, we bless you and praise you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.